This is all about human trafficking. It's a game actually all about human trafficking. I am obviously the biggest nerd at this table. It's all upside all the time. You're listening to the Hit the Deck podcast. Hit me up if there's a Japanese pro tour because uh, I need those mates. See, I didn't even want to introduce myself. I don't even know who I am. Card game review and strategy by gamers just like you. I, okay. don't, I don't think my tongue can actually make that noise. I don't know how I feel about that game. Oh, wait. I love it. And now, your hosts, Dwayne St. Arnold. In my world, zombies like puke rainbows and everyone's happy and this card is sick. Clara Lavrenyuk. <gasps> Come on, this is really getting bad. Joe Bonham. I would like to try this again once Antiquari comes out. And James Dykes. Yeah, uh, Chandra Blaze is sitting in the corner wondering why she couldn't be good. Welcome back, everyone, to the Hit the Deck podcast. Uh, I am your host, Wayne St. Arnold, and today I am joined by Clara Lorenyuk. Hello. James Dykes. Hello. And Joe Bono. Howdy, folks. And this is episode one of the Hit the Deck podcast. Uh, we previously recorded episode zero. Uh, this episode, uh, highlights are going to include uh, some Innistrad spoilers from Magic, uh, WoW, and State Champions, or why no one knew that they existed. <laughs> and uh, this episode, we're going to be reviewing Tanto Kuare. Tanto Kuare! <laughs> Uh, deck building game that we uh, sat down today and played a bunch of games, and uh, we're going to review. But first off, uh, let's let's talk with everyone. What did we do this week? What's what's new? What uh, what's new with you, Clara? Um, game related. Let's see. I well, I picked up a copy of Tantokore for myself. Um, we've been meeting like we've wanted to have one um to own so that we could play. And I, you know, talked to uh Joe Timadaiski and Eric Reisner over at Card House, who they're um kind of in charge or working on the American translation and production and release of Tantokore since it's originally uh was produced in Japan. And so they hooked me up with one of the games so that we could play test it today. Sweet. That's awesome. Uh James, what have you been up to? Uh I went to play in Friday Night Magic this week and uh the vent didn't fire, so I got a big zero points for the week. It was pretty miserable. It didn't fire? It didn't have eight people. Where was it? I was in Burien, a place I'll never go again. Oh, okay. maybe that's why they're not getting enough people. That's probably true. Uh, all right, yeah. Uh, I, I know I went to F and M this week. Uh, I also went to a Wednesday event, a Thursday event. I don't know what it is. Maybe these planeswalker points just have me grinding again, or I'm grinding just and grinding, grinding and grinding yeah. and grinding. <laughs> I think I'll stick with the PTQ route. The, the, just, just. Man up and win a PTQ. That's right. Uh, that, but that doesn't get you like buys. How many, how many like PTQs do you want again? I mean, three. How many have you want? Oh, okay, fair. How many? Have you, I'm sorry. A one. Since, since we're talking about non, this. Non-zero number. Okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> uh, Joe, what have you been up to? Uh, so I was I was grinding with Dwayne uh, uh, for Planeswalker points most of the week. But um, I'm also preparing for a trip to Alaska. Um, I'm going up to... Anchorage to uh, help run one of their pre-releases in GPT and uh, get some judges trained up there. Uh, so I'm a level two judge in Magic, um, and 
the the judge program is really pushing to get a lot of new people involved. Um, it's it's a really great way to give back to the magic community and to make sure that events run, um, but also like to to learn more about the game and you know there there it's it's actually a really rewarding thing. So I'm excited to be to be traveling for that um, to help a community really get jump started. I'm curious, is there just not enough indigenous high level judges in Alaska that they have to import you? Yeah, so the there so I think there's a judge in Juneau, um, and then there are a couple in Fairbanks. Um and you think that like, you know, Fairbanks is really close to Anchorage. And it kind of is in the grand scheme of Alaska, but it's still like six hours away. Oh my god. Um so there there aren't any judges in Anchorage itself. Um, and with all the GPs that are being held next year, there are going to be a lot of GPTs, uh, Grand Prix trials that are that are run, and you need a level one judge to do that. Um, so we we really like to see like a level one judge associated with every store um, that runs regular Magic events. But certainly, we want to make sure we have at least one, uh, you know, per city. That that's pretty awesome. They uh, uh, they're they're sending you up there. Yeah, uh, the the tournament organizer contacted me um, through the Wizards Judge Center, um, and they're flying me up there and putting me up there. Um, and you know, I'm going to be really busy all weekend um, with the with the two events and probably running Friday at Magic and working to certify four or five judges. But it's going to be a really great time. Magic, make some rulings, see the world. I like Indeed. it. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, and yeah, like I said earlier, I've just been doing F and M. Nothing too exciting. Uh, I was trying to play some more Magic Online, which I'm not gonna lie. I wish there was a World of Warcraft Online. Not, not well. The, so there's the a trading wor- card game, not the yeah. not the MMO. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I makes me sound like you. a blathering idiot. Oh, I wish there was World of Warcraft Online. No, actually, uh, Dwayne, there's this game called yeah. the World of Warcraft. Yes, it is on MMORPG. I think that's what they call it. I, I think you're a douchebag. Oh, touche. All right. So, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I wish there was like a. a, a a wow tcg online rather than but i was trying to play some magic online is where i was trying to go with all this blah 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 blah. before but, you made a yeah a blithering mistake yeah uh but my computer died so i spent most of my weekend trying to fix that that's uh that's, that's so pretty sad. sweet yeah it was kind of depressing but um i did at least through my phone and the wonders of having a space phone connected on the internet uh, i managed to catch up uh with some innistrad spoilers from magic uh, which are pretty exciting. And there was a couple of them that I wanted to talk about. One that's kind of new this weekend, one that's been spoiled a little longer. Uh, first off, uh, let's talk about Grimoire of the Dead. Now, this card... Did, did you see the video that this was in? Yeah, it was it's, part of the viral thing. Yeah, this thing is so creepy. So, like, they've they've got this character, Josh Brower, that... Um, they, that that has sounds been like revealed. the guy from 24. Like, I... Beep. Boop. <laughs> Beep. Are you playing Pong? <laughs> I don't know exactly what James Dex is doing. <laughs> uh, so they, they, they've got this viral um, sort of campaign to that you solve puzzles for and stuff, and you unlock videos. Um, and like the the video that unlocked this one um, was him sitting on his couch, and then like suddenly running up into this fireplace and finding that the cards that he was trying to burn. Um, didn't burn and were in the ashes and were there being creepy at him and then there was the grimoire of the dead. Yeah, it's 
it's pretty cool like uh i went back yeah it's pretty (laughs) fucking crazy you can see the youtube videos uh i'll actually post them on geekerific.com i have not seen them so now i really really want to go check them out and see what the hell he's talking about creepy and weird there was this whole viral campaign where people were getting like postcards in the mail with like super vague messages and it, they were really trying to push the horror aspect but then there was actually a couple cases where people called the police and then like <laughs> magic is just having this horrible blowback because of it but what was sick was uh as as people uncovered you know the next part of the puzzle they'd get a youtube video and in the video was this guy jo- supposedly josh john josh, josh brower josh brower yeah. the guy from 24 yeah yeah the the yeah uh and he was like looking at cards and they were all from Innistrad. And like, like one of them cut him or something. I, I, I didn't quite catch all of it. But in the end, yeah, you're right. It, it came out like he burned a bunch of cards, and then one of the cards that he didn't put in the fireplace, but was in there amongst the ashes, was this Grimoire of the Dead. So Grimoire of the Dead. It's a forecasting cost artifact. It's actually a legendary artifact. It's a mythic rare. Uh, it has two abilities. The first one is one tap it, discard a card. Uh, and put a study counter on it. Klaatu. Yeah. The second ability is tap, remove three study counters from it. Uh, you, s- you have to sacrifice the card, and it brings back all creatures from all graveyards into play under your control. Under your control. And they're also black and zombies. Oh, so we're going to make this a racial thing. Of course. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. It's, it's an- well, it is. It's a tribal thing. Oh, okay. It's like race, but tribal. We can be tribists. And none of these zombies have classes or jobs. <sighs> That's fair. But the well, they have whatever they had to start yeah. with, right? Yeah. So they keep their whatever class they had. So when I first saw this card, I thought EDH or C- Commander. I'm sorry. Yeah. I-, I apologize for the Commander purists out there. It's not EDH. It's Commander. Uh, but yeah, this card seems sick in Commander. Yeah, it seems really sweet in, in uh, commander and casual formats. Um, I don't know exactly what sort of constructed implications this card's really going to have. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of flashback cards that seem to be pretty abusable with this sort of ability. Uh, but then definitely a card for, for the commander players to... Like, I, I, I was looking at it and I'm like, when I, when I open my Innistrad sealed pool, do I want this card in my seal pool i think so i think this card's unreal like you can discard cards you can discard guys that you want to reanimate and you get whatever is in there so it's like this late game like just just kills the game right like doesn't it feel the worst though if you're like oh discard three cards and then oh my opponent just blew up my artifact yeah i mean i live in a fantasy world of course you don't understand in my world is detached from reality in my world zombies like puke rainbows and everyone's happy and this card is sick sure is the reality that this card is not good and limited joe what do you think i i don't think it's one way or the other um i think if i played this card in game one um, and my opponent saw it and like I wrecked them with it, I would side it out for game two because they're going to bring in their naturalize. But people aren't going to be main decking artifact hate in this block. Most uh, of the artifacts that have been spoiled are not that exciting. Yeah. The yeah. equipment but, are okay. But you talked about naturalize, and there are a lot of enchantments that could be problematic that people may want to main board naturalize for. Re- would, I, I don't find most of the enchantments that scary. 
um, from from a linear perspective. I, like maybe the curse that gives you minus one minus one to all your creatures, but the rest of them so far haven't seemed super duper powerful. I mean, that one's a rare as well, right? So, yeah. Yes. So you're not main decking, thinking you know, well, it's yeah. uncommon. People are going to have it. It's like. If they blow you out with a rare, then they get you. But yeah. right. But I mean, like James has a totally valid point that like you don't want to invest, you know, two, three, four cards into this and then have your opponent blow it up. And also, like it's a lot of time. Like this, it's is it four mana or five mana? So to it's cast? it's four to cast, and then it's it's only one tap discard. But you have right. to accumulate three counters. So I guess once you play it, as let's assume you play it and can use it that turn. You still need a total of on on your fourth turn. You're getting the guys. I mean, this is definitely yeah. a card thinking about the long term, the long game, and yeah, I guess I mean it doesn't seem really that compatible with aggro, obviously. And I just I don't know. I don't know en- enough about like the art- other artifacts that are out there in the set to say like whether it's strong or not. It's interesting because I feel like I feel like you guys are probably right that I probably don't want to have this in my deck, but if my opponent casts this on turn five and discards a card. If I don't have a good board position, I'm probably going to be shitting myself trying to recover, right? Because oh, yeah. the last thing I want to have happen, uh, you know, and from you know some nine year old at the pre release, right? And the other thing that, that Dwayne's biggest fear: nine year olds at pre releases. Second, Dude, second biggest. Nine year olds just wreck you. Absolutely, they they always draw the card they need. Yeah. Um, but. The other thing that's interesting about about uh, about Grimoire of the Dead is it gives you something to do if you have like a, a a werewolf heavy deck and you just don't want to cast anything in a turn, you can just start the clock ticking. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, you I can use that. it to fuel your scab zombies that need a guy in the graveyard to cast. Yep. If you happen to open this and the mythic one that you can cast from your hand or yep. from your graveyard, that seems pretty good. Um, like it seems like it's a fine finisher card in a slow controlling deck which there probably will be a lot of that like has a lot of removal and a lot of defensive guys but doesn't have a good way to finish the game so are you saying that a set that's mostly has a flavor of zombies is going to be very slow and meandering i mean i feel like almost that goes hand in hand together (laughs) yeah i mean like these are these are romero dawn of the dead zombies Mm -hmm. they're not uh, Ving Rames in a mall, Dawn of the Dead. Zombies. So, so, <laughs> so real good off camera speed, but real slow when you, when you get to, when they get on camera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, so possibly playable and limited. It sounds like depending on what the rest of the stuff you open is, uh, and what type of deck you're playing. I think we all agree this is not a standard, or or you know legacy or any of that card unless there's some sort of sick combo yeah. that comes or, out or they decide I, to reprint madness and then in dark ascension sure yeah I, I think i mean do, do you think there's any way that you're playing this in like i don't know your blue black control deck or something no but i mean like i'm i'm kind of excited to to build a black ashling deck that's an army of darkness themed are, are we talking deck? a commander deck okay, yeah sure yeah yeah sweet yeah I, I i definitely think this card has a real good place in commander it's also sick with proliferate Oh yeah, uh, because I mean, being able to sneak that extra counter on there and trigger it when people don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I think we agree it's limited playable, constructed probably not. The next card we're going to talk about has been spoiled for a little while. It's absolutely constructed playable. It's Liliana of the Veil. <laughs> now Liliana is a planeswalker, as as she always has been. Oh really? Oh really? Uh, she costs uh, black, black one. The converted man costs three. 
She comes in with three loyalty counters. Now she has three abilities. Her plus one is each player discards a card. Her minus two is target player sacrifices a creature that they choose. And her ultimate, her minus six, is you take uh, target player's entire, all of their permanents, you divide them into two piles, that player decides which pile to keep and which pile gets sacrificed. Now, I think this card is insane. I think that the ultimate is rarely, if ever, going to be used. Clarification. On the ultimate, the two piles you make, it doesn't have to be even. Like, you could put, say five creatures in one pile and one creature in the other if that was if they had six on the well, on it's the also pile. it's all their permanents so you're putting their lands oh, in piles too okay, it, it's that. everything that they have in play uh you split it up however you want oh damn it's like factor fiction uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'm familiar you can with make that. the piles however whatever size you want but they do get to choose so that's I, cool I, I actually think that the the ultimate on this card is going to get used a bunch really yeah okay i feel like it's just um, going to be the big dicking like it's really going to be like gotcha kind of to your opponent so the reason i don't think it's going to be used as much is because you've got to spend three turns making both of us discard a card like I, i'm worried that they're they're going to play something that's going to threaten it like you're just not going to be able to get one two three up to six then use it uh sure um but if we're talking in constructed you're gonna have there's potential having proliferate cards like contagion class to go with it uh possibly in a black red deck bolt charge possibly in a black blue deck something like uh steady progress or something thrumming bird thrumming bird um pecking away at your soul pecking yeah absolutely thrum thrum uh, thrum decks are gonna build around this card yeah, yeah. i like i i think it's interesting there there are some decks so they're, they're going to be controlling decks that are very interested in the minus two and maybe proliferating it and edicting your opponent a sure, second time. Sure. But I think they're also going to be aggressive decks. And those aggressive decks are going to be very excited to plus one it because they're going to be like, guy, guy, Liliana, plus one, make you discard control player. And then you've got this ticking time bomb of... You know, you have to deal with Liliana before she ultimates while she's cutting down your resources. And I also have these guys that are going to attack you. I think it's actually feasible that constructed decks will get both both of the abilities that are going to be useful, right? Because, yeah, against control decks, you're going you're, you're gonna to make them discard cards, you know, lose their resources, etc. But against other aggressive decks or even control decks that don't play that many guys, the edict ability seems really big. Like, Absolutely. just being able to just, just get one of their guys, like, they can't just play a solemn simulacrum and fight off your guys because you're going to just be able to just pop it right off the board. The other sweet thing is that with the, being a three-cost Planeswalker, you can use it up, and if you're black-white, play Sun Titan, bring it back. Oh. <laughs> James, oh, you are no. a mean, mean man. Ba, 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 ba. You, are, you are one evil motherfucker. Uh, I think this card is absolutely bonkers and constructed. I think it's absolutely insane and limited, too. Uh, I mean, as oh, yeah. every Planeswalker is, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chandra Blaze is sitting in the corners wondering why she couldn't be good. Hey, she even had some moments, okay? Let me tell you, when you were, when you were discarding red cards, it wasn't that bad. No. Uh, but all, all things considered, like I think this card is just insane. I think it's going to see play in some older formats, modern or legacy, like black white. You know, the black white, like him, the Tarak decks. I think yeah, he's yeah, going to yeah. love this card. Turn two him, turn three Lilana, discard yeah. another oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think this card is absolutely insane. So, uh, And Liliana's hot. You can't yeah, deny she, that. She's real hot. She's hot. So 
the mean, art, who wouldn't the art, want the art who wouldn't want to play that in their deck stuff yeah that's pretty sick mm-hmm. um uh so the last thing about magic i wanted to talk about real quick uh while we're sitting here recording gp montreal uh was happening and it wrapped up uh, one of our good friends from Seattle, Alex West, top aided. So congratulations, Yay! Alex. Uh, but I think the biggest story is that uh, Rich Hohen uh, from Canada made his you know victorious comeback. Probably one of the greatest limited players of all time. Uh, took his limited skills to uh, an M12 Grand Prix and won. Yeah, like Rich Hohen, one of the the best limited players at the start of this deck or the start of the 2000s uh gets a core set format to play limited in and just crushes yeah uh i, I also thought it was really interesting because there were so many old school players that were at this tournament even though they had to travel to get there like i mean rich owen it was it was you know within driving distance for him right. but like alex schwartzman yeah. from you know gp you everywhere know, dominator from back in the day gp everywhere uh both of the steve-o brothers went steve-o mahoney and damo mahoney schwartz, schwartz went yeah. um you know it was it, it was pretty wild just seeing all these names uh what i thought was insane was the top the nine through 16 just some of the names there in there kibler calcano um, Paul Reisel, Reisel. Top 16. Yeah, the, the Ochoa. Uh, who else was in yeah, there? It was Kibler, Calcano, LSV, Ochoa, Reitzel. Oh, LSV. Sorry, I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Nelson, uh, top four U.S. Nationals. Yeah. Uh, absolutely insane. I wish I could have gone. Uh, congratulations to everyone who did well there, especially to Alex. Uh, Alex West, our buddy. Um, and yeah, so... I think that was it about magic this week. Well, uh, oh, can, can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so, I mean, like Rich um, is—he—he's technically um, Hall of Fame, you know, qualified, eligible. He was all eligible. Hall of Fame eligible yeah. this year. He, yeah, he was. I don't know if he was on the ballot because I don't know if he's played. He, in he definitely matches. was on the ballot this year. Okay. Um, so, I mean, like last year, Anton Johnson. Um, you know, got a little bit snubbed for the for the ballot and came in and won that uh, that that Icelandic or Norse GP. Yeah. Um, what do, is Rich going to be doing the same thing? Like Anton's on the made into Hall of Fame this year. He took a much more public stance. Started writing for Star City. Is this the reemergence of Rich? Do we do we think that he's going to show up? at the pro tour again do we think he's going to take a more public stance and actually get on the hall of fame next year i think just by some of the things i'm reading that he was trying to get back on the pro tour anyways Mm -hmm. uh there was a little blurb about how one of his top eight opponents the the guy that he played in the finals uh had beaten (laughs) him in a ptq uh top eight a couple weeks before i think this guy is on his way back i think he's interested in playing uh and I think that he only needs a couple more things on his resume to be a serious contender for Hall of Fame contention. Yeah, a strong constructed finish. Yeah, I mean, somewhere. And now that Pro Tours are split formats, right. which they weren't when he was going. Right. Uh, I mean, if he top eights a Pro Tour or something, I think he's definitely got to be in yeah. at least legitimate discussion. In the, yeah, in the discussion for I sure. Mean, like he he probably ratings qualifies for Worlds now after this performance. Yeah. So like he could go Worlds then Honolulu and like hit four or five GPs just in North America in the first four months of next year. Yeah. Really excited to see him just like start crushing again. I, I think it really just comes down to if, if he's interested in doing it. And I think that's just what we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, I, after winning a GP, that's got to make you feel like you want to play somewhere, right? Absolutely. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I haven't won a GP. Uh, Clara, have you won a GP? I've actually won six. 
I knew it. But they were all under different aliases, so oh. you might not have realized that it was me uh, that won All under them. different DCI numbers? Is still yes, they're, they're under a, <laughs> each one under a different DCI number, but yeah. How many of them were under Dominic Reitzel's name? Oh, I cannot disclose that information. <laughs> All right, all right. Before we get someone in trouble, let's talk about WoW a little bit. Um, so uh, I didn't really get to do too much personally with as with WoW TCG this week. Uh, I did look online. I was surprised to see that state champions were actually this weekend. Uh, Apparently nobody knew. Yeah, September I, 17th I and 18th. Didn't know. Uh, it was right there on the WoW TCG site. It said state championships. Uh, I talked with a couple of people out here that didn't go. Apparently there was no prizes. That I, seems terrible. Or or maybe packs or something. I don't or, know. I think it was like there was prizes, but the prize structure was just really weak and not a very good incentive. And like one one thing that you don't realize as a magic player is um, how essential it is to that you have dealers on site and a good trading system. I was talking with Joe Timodusky. We we were talking with Joe Timodusky on Thursday. And he was like, yep, uh, we we have a whole group of people that are going to go to states, and we're not sure how many decks we're going to be able to build for them, and we're not going to be able to get any cards on site because there's nobody that comes to these things. And like that just doesn't happen at a Magic tournament. There no. are always vendors there. It, it, at least for all of our PTQs out here, there's always at least one vendor. Yeah. So like, I guess maybe what you're saying is like Magic players take for granted how well connected and well supplied our community is yes yeah i I like i don't know if take for granted is the phrase i would use but like they don't realize that 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 it's it's actually like something that other people don't have have available to them and it's definitely like a big blocker for somebody that is into wow from going to a tournament like this because they may not have a deck and they may not have the resources to put together not because they're poor but because you know, they, they didn't have the planning um, to figure out what they wanted to play in time to get the card shipped from some major internet seller. Sure. I, I know that there's considerably less major internet sellers and local dealers for this. Uh, do you think that there's enough of a demand to get people, you know, starting up a little dealership and showing up at these events? I mean, uh, some people in the Magic community go to FNM. And there's already a dealer at FNM. I mean, whether it's the store or someone else is there. Like, I can't imagine not going to a higher level event and not having a dealer there to at least, you know, pick up stuff from if I need. Yeah, uh, it's it's very strange that though there are a few stores in the area that run WoW tournaments on a consistent basis. But Cryptozoic seems to have a bit of a stranglehold on tournament organization at a higher level. Oh, okay. Is that... So, is that- all the, the, all the DMFs were run by Cryptozoic, and all the states championships, I believe, are run by Cryptozoic, and all the the Continental championships and the Realms tournaments and all the big-level tournaments aren't run by tournament organizers like Magic has. Magic yeah, yeah. has four or five large tournament organizers around the country that, that manage these tournaments, and then Wizards just brings their their. I've seen some of the stuff that they send, some of the stuff that they send to these TOs. It's, you know, crates and crates, not only of just like, you know, boxes of product, you know, packs and whatnot, but, you know, giant standees and posters and banners. And so Cryptozoic just does all this in-house. That's pretty wild to hear. Yeah. Like Cryptozoic has this, like at PAX, Cryptozoic had this giant just packing or uh, like 
packing stand crate that was just full of stuff. Jeez. Um, That's actually how Wizards does things in Europe. Um, All the PTQs and all the GPs uh, are run by Wizards. Or, sorry, all the GPs are run by Wizards in Europe. Uh Um, So, like, it's, it's not... It's not a totally unex- unsuccessful business model. It's just very different. It, yeah, it's very different. It's it's very different than what Magic players are used to expect in the U.S. Uh, I don't know if there's any large TOs that would be willing to make the jump in if Cryptozoic was to say, hey, do you want to run a DMF? I would be surprised if they did that. I, I, I want to run a Dark Moon Fair. Do you? Yeah. Do you want to run it? I want to have my own Dark Moon Fair. Thank uh, you for saying Dark Moon Fair. I was wondering what DMF stood sorry. for. Oh, yeah. D- <laughs> so, so for everyone out there, yes, it's a Dark Moon Fair, dark, which is dark, like a event at what kind of level? Like, what would it be equivalent similar to? similar to a Grand Prix. It's about the same as a Grand Prix yeah. event. Anyone can enter. Anyone can uh, enter. Top 8 gets, you know, they caught to a Top 8 after two days of play. Uh, this year, yeah, they're cutting to Top 8. Next year, I think they're starting next year, they're cutting to Top 16. Oh, wow. Is it single limb after that? Yeah. Wow, so you've got to go 4-0 after you make the cut. Yes. But it's a little more forgiving to get there. That's pretty interesting. That's definitely different than the standard Top 8, you know? Right. I was doing air quotes. No one could see them other than us but top eight very very effective podcasting technique Uh, yeah i i just decided to point out anytime i do a hand gesture i'm just gonna you know yeah i'm making the jacking off motion now so you can see i'm jacking all right never mind uh so yeah state champs uh i i have no idea who won whatever uh hopefully we'll hear more about it Uh, from what i understand it just wasn't really communicated out there um and then in the new set uh, God, what's the name of the new set? I'm terrible at this. Aftermath, Throne of the Tides. Throne of the Tides. Yeah, Throne of the Tides. They're uh, they're coming out with a new type of hero in the in it, right? You can. It's not just Horde or Alliance. There's there's a monster hero. That's correct. They're gonna have monster. Uh, they're gonna have uh, monster monster hero characters for you to to play. Um, so they're they generally have different kinds of stats than the regular uh, the regular heroes, the Horde Alliance heroes. Like, uh, well, like, what kind of monsters are we talking? About? Like, are we talking like Godzilla and Mothra? Are no. we are we talking about things that would normally say like in the MMORPG be like a non-player character? Absolutely, they're gonna have Murlocs as as uh, Murlocs, hero. Uh, ogres. <laughs> That's, yeah. uh, Murlocs, ogres, uh, Naga. What is, what uh, there they? may be a nameless one here. Na- I'm not Naga? sure. Naga, yep. Naga, not 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 Naga, 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 Naga. be Horde or Alliance. Not not dog, yeah. Not <laughs> dog. Could our puns get any worse? Uh, yes, these, trust these, me. Yes, these monster heroes are are going to restrict you in deck building. You can't play a horde or alliance heroes in the decks. Man, uh, that's that's really strange. Um, but well, what's their bonuses? The then? bonuses. Uh, some of the abilities that these heroes have are very strong. Um, the ogre there. There is an ogre death knight that starts with thirty two health, which is the most of any starting hero in the game. Wow. That's so many health. That's a lot of healths. Um, That's more health than I have. God. There's a one of the flips for one of the Murloc heroes is all your monster allies get plus one plus one and make the sound. <laughs> they always make that sound. It's pretty awesome. Isn't that your last name? <laughs> yes, I, I'm actually Clara. <laughs> That's actually pretty close. I I didn't want to make this public knowledge, but I'm actually one fourth Murloc. One quarter Murloc. Yeah, one quarter. Which Murloc. quarter? I'm not going to tell you. I don't. You don't look a quarter murloc, so I'm a little. Worried. I hide it very well. You hide your murloc, mm-hmm. your inner murloc. Yeah, and and the the after, <laughs> and I've just completely back to sanity. I've completely lost my train of thought, but 
the monster heroes are going to be similar to the uh, world breaker block heroes from the last set. All the when they flip, they have a static ability. Oh, Whereas sure. the Horde and the Alliance heroes are going to have one-time flip abilities. Oh, like when you flip this, do this. Yeah. As opposed to the, the monster ones are like, if it's flipped, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Wow. Uh, do you know how many different heroes there's going to be for monsters? I believe there are... A couple at least, right? Five Jeez. in the first set. Oh, and, so, oh, okay. uh, and so for people who don't know, you can when you draft or play sealed, you can just pick whichever one you want. Is That's that right. right. Right, well then okay so other than with these monster heroes other than limiting you for the fact that like you can't play a any other horde or alliance heroes is there any other ways that it limits what you can play in your deck uh only in these standard ways the heroes limit your your choices by class so whatever class you have you can only play cards in that class well uh, do monsters class. get classes yes okay just making sure yeah there's like a murloc mages. You're, they're right. There were murloc mages. Yeah, now that I remember, yeah. like yeah, those fuckers cast spells you, on me all the time. They had a sheep. Fuck yeah, that. and they had like sometimes. Like I don't know if there were. Murloc. I harbor. I harbor a lot of internal hatred towards murlocs. Those this fuckers is why I didn't. So many times. This is why I didn't want to come out and tell you that I'm actually one fourth murloc. I because feel like he's so racist. You so it's why not, are you so racist? Like are you zombies. an Asian murloc? I d- Murak? So, <laughs> Are you Murak? I might be a Murak. Muraku? Muraku. Wait, I, this is just uh, getting horrible. The, this is this podcast is degrading. Degraded into <laughs> terrible Asian shit. This is. I hope you are offended out there, listeners. I hope you are offended at our racism here. It's all because Kellen Abel, our moral center, isn't here to guide us. If Kellen <laughs> Abel's our moral center, we've got some big fucking problems. Uh. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I just I want know, I, I, I have this inner hatred towards Murlocs. I'm I'd sorry. be mi- I'd be on South Shore minding my own fucking business, just wanting to you know, fish because I wanted, you know, spend three hours to get one skill point in fishing. And and those fuckers would kill me all the time. They just wander up, hey, what's up? They kill you. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. They're one of the more hated um And now but now I can wow. now. I'm actually more excited about that I can kill them in WoW. Like, I want to play against someone who's had a, mer- uh, you know, a, uh, a monster hero, and I want to be able to kill them. They're probably going to kill me anyways. Yeah, probably. Probably. Does anyone else want to talk about Murlocs anymore? No. <laughs> no. Good. Right. Good. No. Good. Okay. I don't want to talk about Murlocs. <laughs> we're talking about. Uh, what can we talk about, Clara? Tanto Core. Tanto Core. Uh, Tanto Core is by uh, Japanime Games uh, up here. They're out of Linwood, Washington. Uh, so, just a couple of quick things about the game. Uh, it's average. Uh, I'm, I'm actually reading off the back of the box. Just uh, it's uh, thirty to sixty minutes of play, two to four players. It's a deck building game, you know, because that's that's how we roll here. Uh, and this this one, uh, it's it's a ma- Japanese made uh, focused. It's it's a game about heart. It's a game about uh, what? It's a game about the rub. And hot. Rub, rub hard. Rub Did and you just say hato. it's a game about rub hard? No, 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 no. It's a <laughs> game about rub and hot. R- you said rub hard. I'd, 
fuck are you? <laughs> oh, that one I got. We're going to have so many comments about this. <laughs> I know why. I didn't realize. It's going to be like a TV article. And yeah. thank you for never listening again to the Hit the Deck podcast. <laughs> no. Oh, no. We're going to have tons of listeners. They're just going to be really angry No, okay. It is, it is a game about love and a game about heart. Tanto core actually means in Italian, much heart. But this is, is, isn't this a Japanese game? This is a Japanese so, this game. Is, all right. So just to break it down for you, this is a very international game. It is a game about French style maids. Like the artwork looks very much like they're all f- that kind of French style maids. It's a game, but it has an Italian title. It was originally produced in Japan. And here we are playing the English translation production. So this game has been around the world. Hit the deck, a global production. Global production. Uh, I'm just looking at the back here and some of the the, the names of things. Uh, so you get made cards, and there's different types of maids. There are made. I'm, this is I can't make this shit up. There are 32 made chiefs. They're chief maids. They're like the you know in charge of all their other maids. I think of chiefs like I'm going to pilot big, the tank. Chief. Big chief maid. I That's... think they did end up piloting the tank for some of us. God, <laughs> come on! Terrible. This is really getting bad. Uh, oh there, there God. are there are a whole bunch of general maids. Yes, those are under the chiefs. I think. Yes, but they do general labor and other jobs. And then. 10 private maids well they're the ones that are in your private quarters and they serve only you and they have very special abilities to only serve you and what sort of abilities do they have to serve only you oh like they might give you more love or they might have extra servings or they have things where you know you can get rid of illnesses they might make other maids ill they could sometimes they're vindictive and they like give other maids bad habits they teach other maids bad habits do the maids in this game have like STDs? Is that what it is? No, it no. There are no STDs in this game because they all get screened and they get regular shots of penicillin. It's like, it's all taken care I, of. So there's these cards in the game uh, for for listeners who haven't played the game. Uh, it's it's really similar to most of the other deck building games out there. Uh, it's I I would compare it very Dominion. much to Dominion. Very uh, similar to Dominion. I mean, it's where you're playing. You have actions, buys. I mean, they, they're they're called different things. Yes, but you the essentially game has, have draws, actions, buys. The game has very cutesy, silly terminology, as in like all it has all the same you know kinds of things you're used to, say from Dominion. But they give them ridiculously cute names. Like instead of having you know gold or money, you have love, and you have to in you know you employ maids. You don't buy them; you employ them. Uh, actions are called servings. They do they serve you in some way. Um, you know, there's, there's, so it's, it's all very flavorful and very, very cute and it's all innocent. These guys would like to lead you to believe that this is a dirty, dirty game, but it's not. I I, I don't, I think you're wrong. Like the back of the thing says, and I'm quoting, I'm doing the air quotes thing again. Air quotes. Be the greatest master. Yes, you, you, that's what you're competing for. You want to be the greatest master. So all the maids want, of these, so maids. all the maids want to work with you because you're the you're the best. So they want to you know work uh, with you. I Do mean, they really have a choice? No, you're they're they're in your service. They're giving you servings and love. I guess I love. I did I did specify last week that this is a game that is all about human trafficking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you've played Dominion, uh, the the correlation between like curses and dominion is illness cards and since this game has this huge like uh, japanime sort of look to it 
I wanted these. I wanted these illnesses to have fucking tentacles and shit. I wanted it just to be absolutely absurd. Dwayne, shame on you. No. How did you say that? They're they're obviously the illnesses are just colds. Like they have the co- they have a cold, no. and so they're sick. So they have to stay in bed, and they can't you know, I serve you did, today. I firmly believe I, that I these illnesses are like warts and just other disgusting things. I mean, look at what they're doing. One of them no, was this, this game is. Adorable and innocent, and you're perverting it. Uh, I don't believe. I uh, yeah. Uh, I think this game is bad enough on its own in terms of. Uh, uh, I must admit, art style. I would like to extend a warning out there to any of um, our listeners that I I love this game. I think it's a great game. I own this game, but I would warn any. Um, you know, younger to middle-aged men who l- are bachelors and live by themselves. If you purchase this game and keep it in your apartment or home, uh, you might be convicted of pedophilia. This, I'm just saying. I'm just is, saying. You might want to be careful. It could I, be used I, against I'm, you. It could be used against you in a court of law for a charge of I, sex offender. I am being pretty a sure offender. that the vendors of this game are required to keep a list of the people that purchase this <laughs> game for the FBI. Yes. This is not the sort of game that you want to show to your first date. Like, no. you don't want it to, like, yeah, let's go play some games at my place, then you bust this out. Absolutely not. That's going to set sirens off. I would definitely hide it along with all your other fapping material. Yeah. Like, y- you want to hide, put this right next to your tentacle porn, because this is... <laughs> This is a whole just different level. Uh, that said, once you took the art out of it and generalized the names, I wasn't that impressed with the game. Really? Uh, personally, like it, it felt very close to Dominion. Uh, some of the the mechanics that it had that that were different than Dominion, it, you could, and I'm air quoting, uh, you could use cha- you could chambermaid uh, some of your maids. Uh, which lets you take them out of your deck. Uh, you had to like sp- usually spend actions to do this, but once you take them out of your deck, you're therefore not drawing them, but you still get the bonus of them. Yeah, they like they become you know they get set in front of you, and it's like they oftentimes have maybe static abilities, or they'll have some kind of special uh, bonus or ability that'll count towards the end game where you have to count up your victory points um but the good thing about that is like you said they get out of your deck so certain cards that really don't do anything when they're in your deck they're kind of maybe you know in dominion like you have estates or provinces they're good for victory points but they don't do contribute to your deck like this you can actually take them out of your deck but still have them count towards your victory points at the very end yeah like one of my biggest complaints with the game was that once you take all of the cards, you know, there's there's different cards that are static to every game, like, you know, your your love cards, your love cards. You have one, love. two, and three love cards. Uh, and then the the handful of cards that are, you know, you're like your victory-ish sort of maids. The green uh, maids. The green maids, yeah. Uh, the number of other cards that were available, you had to have, what, nine? In ten. Every, ten, ten. ten in every game, and I only think there's sixteen yeah. different ones. In so, its defense, I mean, this is the ba- we're playing with the basic set now, and yeah, there is uh, plans to expand upon it. But the base set of Dominion had twenty five, twenty five, I think, different or twenty four, something supply like that. Cards? Yeah, and then you would play with what eight, ten, ten. Okay, so like, I just felt like after we played a few, like we played the base game per whatever the rules recommended, and that that was fine. And then we played the different game, and it just didn't feel very different. No. And then we played another game, and it still didn't feel very different. I mean, like, yeah, there's one or two more new more cards, but... 
I think the big difference between this game and Dominion, other than uh, just taking the look away from it, uh, the big difference between this game and Dominion, at least for me, is that the interactivity, the interactivity is not between players. Like in Dominion, you have attacks. You can modify people's hands, give them curses, yeah. give them all sorts of things. A lot of the interactivity in this game is in between the the maids themselves, the, the action cards. When you chamber maid... Certain cards they get bonuses either for multiple copies of the same card being removed from your deck, or multiple copies of other cards uh, that are in the same family. Yeah, uh, I also thought at the end the counting was kind of weird because it was like you know count your victory points that are you know clearly on your cards. Then then it was like count to see whatever bonuses you've gotten just on your cards. Then you had to check with other people, see how many of the cards they had, because sometimes you get a bonus if you have more cards, uh, more of a certain type of maid. Uh, it felt a little weird at the end, but maybe I'm the only one that thought that. I didn't think it was too bad. Joe, what do you think? Um, I, I was okay with that part. I mean, like, so I, I don't think the game is as deep or as interesting as Dominion or Ascension, but there there are some things that I really did like about it. Um, I liked that the cards in your deck um, interacted with each other. I liked the fact that you the the chambermaid area that sort of became an active play area interacted with um, that ha- had its own interaction and like allowed you to thin your deck a little bit and take out stuff, but still have victory points there. Um, and one of the things that was interesting in one of the games that we ha- had was the illnesses that we were playing on each other's maids that were in the chambermaid area that allowed you to interact with your opponent's deck. Um, to clarify, like if you an illness card is like an event that you can buy. It's like a curse from Dominion, but instead of just being put into your opponent's deck, it's a you you know. Say if I bought an illness, then I could put it on one of say Joe's chambermaided maids, and then you he doesn't get her special ability and he doesn't get her victory points unless he you know does the special movement. To, he does the special thing to get rid of it, which is yeah. kind of complicated. But I, I think the bad habits in Tantocore. Um, are kind of closer to curses and dominion. And, yeah. Uh, the the illnesses are a little bit unique here. Um, so, like, there were a lot of interesting factors there. And, like, I kind of liked how in a couple of the games we got into a numbers game of saying, oh, there's only, like, ten of this card. And so there, there, there's one card that rewards you for having an odd number of it in your deck. Yeah. Um, and... Two of the people in our game got to three. Um, oh, sorry. It rewards you for having an odd number in your deck, and it More severely punishes you for having an even number in your deck. Yeah, that, that card. So if you had one, it wasn't worth anything. If you had two or any other even number past two, it was worth negative two points per card. And then three or any odd number above three, it was worth two points. Yeah. And so, like, there was one game that was there was a little bit of jockeying around that because uh, one of us got to three in their deck, and then another had two, and another had one, and there were only two cards left. And so we were all sitting there saying, "Hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder if somebody's going to take both of those and screw the person that has two in their deck. Um, are they willing to take a hit themselves, or is the person that has three going to try to get to five before yeah. anybody else picks it up?" And like that was that was kind of a cute interaction. Um, like it's it's not a game that I want to play a lot, but like I thought there were some very interesting things. One thing, if you don't mind, um, that I I just really like about this game that you know I I would say 
makes me like it better than Dominion is when I play Tantokore, I feel like there's more variety in a couple different ways. Um, I feel like there's more variety as far as winning conditions where when I oftentimes when I play Dominion, I feel like you look at the cards that are on the board, you know, slightly random, right? Um, and depending on which expansions or if you're playing, which is the basic set, like, and usually you look and you see, oh, this is, there's usually one clearly best strategy um, for winning the game like you can see oh these cards are gonna get me lots of money and then i can be the one to buy the most provinces or everything and i oftentimes have been in games of dominion where almost everyone is trying to pull off the same clearly good strategy and i mean that can happen in tantokore but i feel like there's so many different ways that you can just make a lot of victory points like there's one of those just static green maids that is she's like a province you know you she costs nine to buy and she's worth six victory points but she doesn't add any bonuses to your deck so if you buy a lot of her that's great or there's all the different ones where if you you know if you're the one to have the most uh colette maids uh there's a maid called colette and if you're the one to in the person person in the game to have the most of her you get those you know you get five extra um victory points and there's so many different cards like that where if you have the most of them or if you have these certain combinations chamber mated um or certain other things then you can get a lot of victory points and so whenever i when i play this game i feel like there's so many different ways to get victory points to win that it's not like we're all going we're not all doing it the same way and um oftentimes when there's been close games where two people were very very close um, matched between one of them winning just barely like they went completely different routes and so that's something i like that i don't feel like always happens in dominion i i, I appreciate that too and you know one of the things that i kind of liked about this game although not 100 percent, was we got to these states at the end that we weren't sure who was going to win oh and most of our games we weren't completely sure yeah. who was in the lead um and you know lots of games in dominion you just you know it's math you're like oh this person picked up this many provinces this many estates and you're like well i have to do this 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 and this and then end of the game if i'm going to win and otherwise i i can't um and so on the one hand like i appreciate that there's this unknown but on the other hand i have a little bit of analysis paralysis i, I think though if we put 15 20 games of this under our belts we could probably solve it yeah it, it felt very like Sorry, uh, it felt like very much a like a numbers game at yeah. the end, and like yeah, there's a lot of like you know Japanese matey things, but I felt like this suffers from some of my issues with Dominion, where you look at the board, you think about it for a minute, and you're pretty sure what you think is the correct strategy. I think grinding you know five or six more games, we may be able to get pretty close to that point. I that that was part of why I said I didn't think there was enough variety with the cards like I'm i think not, i'm not I think so you need sure, cards though. that just do radically different things right uh one of my other big problems with the game is the card layout uh, a ton of the space is taken up to to the art itself and obviously I, well it is it actually is obvious this game is is more drawn to pull anime fans into the deck building genre as it is opposed to pull deck building game fans into some other art genre or something yeah um so a lot of the space in the cards is devoted to art so you have probably 75 to 80 percent of the card is art and then the bottom 20 percent is devoted to the card text 
So they have uh, a lot of icons they use to replace uh, instead of saying one buy, one money, etc. They have icons on the left and the right hand side of the bottom portion of the card, which works well. But any game text that's in the cards in the middle between that is in like this little six point font. And it's very hard to read. And the fact that the cards are named for made names and aren't named something that's necessarily relevant to the card's abilities means that new players are going to take a long time looking over these cards, seeing what they do, trying to commit to memory instead of saying, oh, this is a woodcutter, he makes two money and gives you buy, or oh, this is a, a militia, he makes you discard cards. You're going to have to like oh, this is random chick, what does she do? Yeah, it, like I completely agree. Like in, in Dominion, you're like, well, this is an island. What does an island do? Well, it strands something out. You know, it puts something alone on an island where, you know, Colette, you, I don't even know. Like they all had really Japanese names, which is completely fine for the flavor, but I agree. Like the names didn't say anything about what they did. And it was all in super small text. So Who needs to read the text when you have pictures of beautiful cute maids yeah but they didn't even show what they did like if the pictures oh i mean yeah they kind of showed. they kind of did, did yeah. i think I, 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 yeah i like the, the laundry maid was doing laundry the cooking the maid cook was cooking and and but but laundry and cook doesn't tell you what those cards right do. right like how well, does I, how does the but cooking I mean, maid like, change my board like the, the honestly, laundry maid lets you upgrade your love into more love and love is represented by heart-shaped pillows so she does the laundry and delivers more pillows. i mean honestly like I, I understand your complaint about like say the the layout or the format but as far as the names go like what do you expect them to call them like it's just i feel like anything anything else would have just been just as arbitrary or confusing sure yeah i i guess it's kind of weird because uh i guess we're spoiled by games where it's a little bit more direct although that to be said like ascension doesn't follow that that pattern either like ascension the cards don't really do what you think they would do like okay. Snapdragon, that doesn't tell you a damn thing. About sure. What it does. Yeah. In fact, so like I, card, I, card I, names are very arbitrary. Yeah. I to mean, be fair, I think you're absolutely right. Like the names, yeah, we're bitching about that a little bit, but fact, I think that we've accepted other games. Maybe it's just because these these have you know slutty maids on them that we're judging them a little harder. But you know, in fact, for me, I hardly pay attention to the names, and I just visually memorize which slutty maid does which action. And I'm like, I, I memorize the pictures and think like, oh, this slutty maid with the blonde hair that has this color dress that does this, she's the one that gives me extra buys. Like, I, that's the yeah. way I'm thinking. Action like, that's, maid. You know, yeah, yeah. action extra maid. Extra servings, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was surprised, and I think our, two of the three games that we played today, uh, I was surprised that, you know, we went into this, you know, sluttyish maid game I was surprised at how long I lasted. Like, the game went a long time. Like, we went on for, God, I thought we were going to be done. I thought we, you know, we were going to, you know, spend our load and, you know, count up points at the end. But we just kept going and going and going. And that goes to show how talented these maids are. I, I think I'm just better than I knew I was. Your your wife's right here. We could we could ask her if you really want to bring no, this let's, up. No, let's <laughs> let's change the subject real quick. You see, you see, you, she's definitely not think, laughing in the background. Dwayne, I really don't think you want to talk about this. <laughs> Air quotes again. There's, there's one other tell, way to tell that your game is not really taking itself all that seriously. And You're it's such a you, snob. It's when you open up the manual, and the entire manual is in Comic Sans font. 
All right, tell us why this is bad. Haters gonna hate. Yeah, this is definitely a haters gonna hate moment. Comic Sans is the AIDS of fonts. The AIDS of fonts? Totally. Is that the illness of fonts? It is the immunoretrovirus. The human immunoretrovirus of fonts. Yes. Um, And the other other thing I found interesting, I know know the people that helped uh, try and bring this to the American market. Uh, And I know this was a product they wanted to get out quickly. They were trying to get SecureCon. Yep. Get it, get it yep. out there. Um, the cards in the the back and the card details where it says what each card does uh, and any rules questions that might be involved with that card. The cards in the back are in the original Japanese. Oh, are they really? Let, let me see this. Oh, yeah. Again, why yep. do you need the name of the card when you can just memorize the picture of which slutty maid it is? <laughs> no, I mean, come on. Right. Like, that's all you need. Like, like what are you complaining slu- all about? All these slutty maids in one day it becomes a blur. But also, the names of the maid card is right there. Like, it's clearly it's, listed. Yeah, it's, a, the it's a small gripe. Pictures are the same. In like, fact, there's probably people who would like that. Like, there's people who like those little, like, who, the, honestly. The, 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 market, kind of, the market of people who are going to be buying this game would probably prefer the cards in the original Japanese. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. hold on. So, I think this is probably where we, as a group, maybe not Clara, but the, uh, the rest you of us. You guys are a bunch are of curmudgeons. You guys yeah. are a bunch of just old, grumpy we, men. And don't you don't understand what's cool. We are, we are absolutely not the target market. We are not, not the target market. You don't understand what's cool, honestly. So, let's spin this a little different. Let's look at it from a different angle. If it's bringing people who don't normally play this kind of game but are interested in, you know, slutty Japanese maids, if that brings them, if it's the bridge to bring them into more deck-building games, I think that's sick. That's awesome, right? Yeah. Like, I want, you know, the, you know, 16-year-old girl cosplayed as some, you know, Japanese anime character playing Ascension. That sounds awesome, right? It's just a bunch of fat dudes playing it now. Let's... let's, I mean, yeah, honestly... Think about how many, I mean, possibly, like, girls or also, like, boys who, you know, maybe they're really into, like, anime and Japanese kind of culture things. But and they're maids. And slutty maids. But they're not as familiar with, say, the whole deck building games. Like, they haven't heard of Dominion or Ascension. But then if you show them, oh, actually, look, these other games are just like this Tanto Kore game that you like, then they might expand more into other other games. I th- I think that's that's absolutely correct. I think that that's really why the expansion should be the tentacle expansion and honestly i like oh my god i just i just realized what you said yeah Yeah, you just mentally accepted it before you questioned it i was just ignoring it it, absolutely the tentacle yes yes yes, i mm -hmm. agree what Uh what Mm -hmm. yeah oh god i i don't even want to start on that but anyways the point i was trying to make before i was interrupted by tentacles was isn't that the worst when when you're just trying to do something you know completely innocuous and the surprise tentacles yeah surprise tentacle attack whoa (laughs) oh my oh no (laughs) oh no tentacles um and yeah i mean they don't know the audience at home doesn't know that we're not being attacked by giant tentacle monsters we could be but the point i was trying to make is that like you know you guys might not like the whole the, the image of the game, the presentation of the game being like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's a bunch of cute maids and it's, you know, very pretty and cute, but, you know, what's the game underneath? Is like, if the game, you know, the game underneath is very much like Dominion and I like it for the same reasons I like Dominion and if I had the choice, I want to choose a cute, pretty looking game that's nice to look at when I think like Dominion is boring to look at. So if I was going to play a game that's very similar, I would like to play a game that's really pretty 
and nice to look at. I'll give you that. The This is the first deck building game that I, I, I've played that had a very distinct art style. And we may be joking about it. I mean, like, Ascension tries to have some really interesting, nice-looking art um, in its cards and also having the four factions sure. look indivi- you know, look distinct. But I like looking at cute maids. I can't argue with that at all. No, I, it's, it's an art style that isn't for me. I'm not a big anime fan. But taking... Taking the art style, taking a look at the cards, taking the, the the thematics out of the game, and just looking at the game itself, there are places in the game where it's it's interesting. The the removing the cards out of your deck and having bonuses based on what's removed out of your deck versus those cards not being worth as much or worth anything yeah. inside your deck. There yeah. are, there are, there are places in this game where the 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 game design is interesting in a way that that games of Dominion aren't. I just don't think there's enough game in the base set. Sure. Well, yeah. we'll have to see what happens with any future expansions or sets. Like, I definitely, if they come out with an expansion, I think we should play it again. Yeah, like, for me, if I was given the opportunity and someone's like, hey, we've got a bunch of games and Tanto Quarry was amongst them, I probably wouldn't play it. But that said, I definitely would be re- interested in revisiting it once an expansion came out because I think that there's enough interesting mechanics that I would like to play it with more variables, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I'm, I would like to try this again once Hentai Quarry comes out. Hentai Quarry? Hentai Quarry? That's when, like... Manga Quarry. Tentacle Quarry. When, like, the rated X version of the game comes out. I mean, with with enough it, sharpies, we could do it this time. Pretty we could close. just fix that problem right now, right? Uh, but something, actually, one more comment I wanted to make that I think might be valid toward the actual game is something that we haven't really addressed is that this was a game that originated in Japan. Like, it was mm. originally produced, thought of, created in Japan. And what makes what I am kind of actually ignorant to, so I'm not sure of, is I don't know if there's a lot of other deck building games are popular in Japan. I don't know if Domin- if Dominion is really popular there. I don't know if Ascension's really popular there, popular there. So that's like, you know, I I hate to make excuses for the game, but that's another thing that we might consider is that if this came from Japan, then I mean, these people might have come up with this game independent of really knowing what other games are like that much. I mean, they had to have known Dominion because it's sure. so similar, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I like if this is your first introduction to a deck building game, it actually seems like a very good first introduction. Yeah, I agree. Because you know there isn't as much complication as like Dominion with 50 million expansions or that's intimidating. All yeah, all the all the craziness that happens with Ascension and like yeah, you know, like if this was my first one, I'd be like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, you know, and cute mids. Oh, did you like the cute mids? Uh, more than James did. Okay, not, I think, uh, I not think, as much as Clara wow. did. Okay, but we should all go Clara. around. We should all go around the circle and, for the record, state whether or not we liked the cute maids and how we feel about the cute maids. I love it. I love cute maids, James. Uh I am a fan of cute maids. I don't know if I'm a fan of cute maids in my deck building game. Valid, Joe Bono. Meh. Dwayne. I I, I particularly liked that so there was the one love two love three love like that's your uh 
your money your monies your copper silver yeah, gold yeah. yeah i particularly liked that the art was actually just the same except they had more pillows around them in each of like so the one love had one heart pillow and then the two the two love was my favorite because it had two heart pillows and she was winking at me and then the three love it was just the two love except for she looked considerably happier and it looked like she had just shit out a third heart pillow. Like, it was just, well, it was it right was just there. A, it was a really bad Photoshop, you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, and she, she showed you her O face on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. You could afford oh. this card. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, okay. So, just real quick. I, I think that. Clara would actively want to play this again. Yes, you can come over to my house anytime and play sure. Tampa Quarter with me. <laughs> I think m- for myself and James, we are in the probably not interested until an expansion comes out. That's correct. J- Joe, where did you stand? Yeah, I'd, I'd play it again if the right people were playing and definitely would be interested in trying again once so there's an expansion. He would play if I bullied him yeah, into I playing think, it again. I think by the me. right people, he means not with any of you fuckers, but I would play it. No, like <laughs> if, I, if I were hanging out with Clara again and she was like, let's play Tanta Quarry, I'd be like, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. All right. All right. That's fair. So I think that that wraps up what we have to say about Tanta Quarry. Uh, yeah. Except for you. Everyone should know that if they buy a box of Tanta Quarry inside, there's this like this like thing you can fill out. And if you mail it in, they will actually send you your own maid in the mail. Really? Yeah. Everyone I, should buy a copy because you I could get your own ma- made sent from Japan. I didn't see that thing in this box. That's because it's my box. I already sent mine oh. in. So I would love to come back and play Tanto Quarry with you once the maid shows up. Yeah, then. we can play Tanto Quarry <laughs> with my maid. Oh, that's like that's like like second level that's of like, inception shit. Yeah, like inception maids playing. with maids. I, I fuck that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- one thing I will say. To, yeah. Um, is like I really actually re- appreciate the packaging that they have for yeah. it. Yeah, like it came in its own compact box that holds the cards and isn't any bigger than you need it to hold the cards, and it holds them like you'd have like a magic card box hold them, not like a huge Dominion box or Ascension box that has a board on top of it and all this plastic and stuff. Um, and it's got dividers. It's very portable. It's, it's, it's designed to be just thrown in your backpack and be able to take it somewhere. I like, would I would take awesome. this to like a pre-release and like or something in like you know a, a magic event and play between rounds. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. They did that right. The box, like it's even though it's the their sales box, you know, you buy it in this box. It's visually appealing. It like holds everything perfectly and it had i was really surprised it had those inserts where it divided up all the cards and the inserts were labeled so you could see where everything was i i will give them an a plus for their packaging absolutely it's perfect an uh, a for effort and presentation uh you know the maid on the front is kind of cute so that's a bonus she's they're not, all she cute she's not nearly as slutty as the rest of the no she the is she is definitely the the please purchase me i will be sweet and demure and then inside is oh my fucking god where did these come from that one's holding a love pillow this one hold on hold on this one has naked fairies around her I mean, is that I, real? Yeah, that, that's for real. I'm, we, I'm not we, even, we cannot, these aren't air quote naked fairies. These are like for real, for real naked fairies. We cannot fairies. be held responsible for the surprise CP that you may or may not find in this game. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I just looked closely at that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we had to turn away at least two FBI agents, FBI agents during our gaming today. Uh, I mean, only turn them away because we, we were at the max four people. 
Uh, this game doesn't support four plus two FBI agents. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I think that wraps up uh, Tantum Quarry. I think uh, we have a couple games lined up for the next couple episodes. I think the next one is Seven Wonders. Is that what we agreed we on? We talked about yeah. Seven Wonders. We talked yeah. about Seven Wonders. Uh, I definitely at some point want to try the Penny Arcade uh deck building yeah. game uh ascension's got a expansion coming out in november yeah so and i'm sure dominion's got an expansion coming out sometime soon it's yeah. actually happening tomorrow probably in 45 minutes uh so for the listeners we did t- talk a bunch about what ones we want to review we definitely want to review ascension uh as in its entirety but we're just going to wait for the expansion and we'll probably just spend a whole bunch of time talking about the entire game uh, the same with Dominion. That said, uh, if you're out there and you have, you know, your favorite or least favorite Please deck building game. Please send requests. Yeah, let us know. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can get a hold of us. Uh, we are on geekerific.com. Uh, we are one of the podcasts there. You can also find us on Facebook at Hit the Deck Podcast. Uh, you can email us at hit the deck at geekerific.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, our handles are all on the Geekerific website, as well as at Hit the Deck Podcast on Twitter. Uh, anyone else have anything they want to say? Don't we, we have our own website now too? Well, that's that's on the Geekerific website. Okay, so that's yeah. the the link from the Geekerific. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's about it. Uh, is that it, Joe? Do you have anything you want to say? Like right. our like our Facebook page. Join like us our on face. Facebook. Yes. Follow us on Twitter. So Send after this comments. episode, we should actually be on iTunes, and we should be like you know a thing. So we can we'll be legit us there. You'll probably just be people we already know. Hopefully, we'll get some actual like listeners from the wild. That that'll be exciting. Uh, even if you know us, rate us. Yeah, yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, so uh, I am your host again, Dwayne St. Arnold. Uh, thank you, Clara, for coming. You're welcome. Thank you, Joe for coming my pleasure and james anytime uh, and that's a wrap for episode one thank you